Welcome back to Sweat and the Board, the gambling segment for the Zoom Disputed Podcast. My name is Trevor Shores. I am one of your co-hosts. I am joined by my other co-host, Colton. Colton, how are you doing on this Sunday evening? Uh, pretty good. Just wrapping up what was a pretty solid week of bets for both of us. Um, I actually spent the weekend in Minnesota. I was there oh. um, I was there Friday night when Iowa played up there. Um, mm-hmm. I was like an hour south of, of Minneapolis, so... Um, yeah, it was cool to watch them win big, and you had a pretty good weekend up there. Uh, how you been? Good. We had a pretty, like I said, we had a pretty busy weekend as well. Um, we had a lot, lot going on this weekend. We had, you know, a rare November Masters that happened on this fine weekend here, along with our usual college football and NFL. So it was quite the weekend to keep track on both TVs. So I had the Masters on one TV. I had college football and NFL on the other TV. So it was quite the uh, Quite the weekend, watch going back and forth there. Yeah, it was a really good weekend for sports. Like you said, the the ultra-rare November Masters, that was a, a little treat for us. Never been done before, and uh, hopefully we get, get it back in August. Or August, what am I doing? April here. Hope we get it back in April. So uh, why don't we start with the Masters? I hear uh, we've got a couple of winners from the Masters this weekend. Yeah, um, I split with my picks. I had uh, – uh, Brooks Kepka to finish in the top 10. He ended up tied for seventh. Um, that was plus 150, so a good hit there. And then uh, DeChambeau, who was one of the front runners, uh, he was up and down all weekend. Uh, he ended up kind of middle of the pack, made the cut, but he was, I think he was like maybe in the 30s, 20s, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. But um, so that was my miss. And then you had a huge hit for us. Yes, sir. We had, a, I gave this out a week ago when this came out. Um, Dustin Johnson to win the Masters, and sure enough, he pulled out the win, set the new course record. I believe he finished uh, minus 20 and uh, took home the W, took home that his first green jacket there. It was awesome to see see that happen today, Sunday, and it was more awesome to see uh, Tiger was be able to one to present him the jacket too and put get fit him for it. So big win for me. I got I took Dustin Johnson when he was a plus 1,000. I believe he was either the second or third um, favorite to win behind DeChambeau was the top favorite to win. So made some good money here with Dustin Johnson. I think this is my first or second like future win um, that I, since I've started pretty much betting that i gotten right. I know I just was looking back on my PGA bets and I did pick Brooks Kepka to win the PGA championship a few months ago. And that, didn't hit at all, but so I'm kind of, I'm pretty proud of this, uh, this pick here. Yeah. I would like to nominate that as the sweat in the board pick of the year as of right now. <laughs> that, that was awesome. Sol- solid contender. We're going to do it like a little awards, like best pick, worst <laughs> pick, all that jazz. Yeah. We should do that in early January. Do some, a little recap session. That'd be awesome. Don't hate that. So, Dustin Johnson winning the Masters is so far the pick of the year so far in our short little history. Yeah, easily the front runner at plus 1,000. That was super cool. Yeah, so that was good Good to see the Masters again. Glad they were able to at least host it rather than, you know, just flat out missing it the whole year. But, you know, we got to already look ahead to next year's Masters. Back Hopefully happens back in April. Um I'd imagine Dustin Johnson, that's only in five short months here. So it's kind of crazy to think there. I'm assuming Dustin Johnson will be the favorite going into the 2021 Masters here. 
Yeah, I was I was going to mention that it's crazy. We're going to have two masters in the span of like half a year. I mean, that's going to be awesome. Uh, mm -hmm. Really looking forward to it. For sure. Yep. So uh, we can go ahead and let's kind of talk about the rest of our picks here from the weekend here. Do you want to go ahead and start? Yeah, I'll recap. So I had those two golf picks left over from a couple episodes ago. We split with those. Yep. Um, like we were talking about, we killed it in college football. I had Wisconsin minus four, which honestly felt like stealing money. They, 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 they look so good against Illinois. Michigan's been pretty bad this year. Um, they won huge over Michigan. I think it was 28 nothing at halftime. Um, and then I also staying on the Indiana train. Uh, they won uh, this weekend and covered minus seven. Um, so another one for me there. Um, they got a tough test next week. Uh, it's against Ohio State. I don't know if it's in Columbus or at home, but either way, that's going to be a really tough game for them. I believe it's in Columbus, if I remember correctly. Okay. It'll be interesting to see what that spread is because they've been good, but I think Ohio State's on another level. Um, yeah, be their big, easily biggest test of the season so far and probably of the whole year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and then my NFL picks, so I had the Bengals – to cover I think it was around plus eight and Pittsburgh whooped them so that lost yeah. um Carolina hung around in the first half I had them at plus six uh they ended up losing big they didn't cover either and then my third pick was the Bills which I'm sure we'll get into later but they ended up covering two and a half on a game that ended um super crazy it was probably the game of the week in the NFL um so I went three and two this weekend uh and yeah pretty solid weekend yeah, um, then I, I'll add to my picks as well. So I also had Indiana minus seven. Um, I don't know. They won 24-0 over Michigan State. I don't know if I'm like – obviously, I'm impressed with their win and stuff. I, don't, I feel like they should have scored a little bit more than 24. What do you think about that? Yeah, I felt that too. It was like – I want to say early on they, they put up a decent amount of points in that game, and then they just kind of um, kind of slowed after that. But, yeah, I'm with you there. I kind of thought they put up 30-plus. Yeah, I mean, just I just pulled up the box score here. It was twenty-four nothing at halftime. Neither team scored in the second half, so I don't know if they just let off the gas pedal a little bit or what the deal was. But anyway, Indiana still undefeated. There, we'll kind of keep right keep riding them until, well, maybe maybe we'll have to take a stop here next week. But uh, anyway, uh, my other couple picks I did uh, took Fresno State minus ten over Utah State. I don't remember the final score, but I'm pretty sure Fresno State was. One pretty handily there, didn't really have too many issues. And then my one loss in college of the week was Arkansas plus 17. They got pummeled by Florida. I think we said it was 63-35 was the final. Yep, 63-35. Um, you know, that first quarter they were with them and stuff, but then that second quarter, Florida threw on 28 points and made it 35-7 at half. And there was just no coming back from there. Florida kind of kept on the gas pedal. We were just saying a little bit ago, I think easily Florida is definitely a top five team if they if they aren't already. So I think Florida could easily is knocking on the door of that college football playoff there. Yeah, yeah. And like we talked about, if if they get there, that big test will be Bama in the SEC title game. So, um, yeah, I hope they get there and, and we get to see that matchup. And I pulled up Florida's schedule here. I believe Florida should have – you know, the rest of their season here should not have any issues um, with the rest of their regular season. I believe they played all their tough teams already. 
And I'm just pulling up here to see what they got left. Yep, here we go. Um, so they got Vanderbilt this coming weekend, obvious W, Kentucky, W, Tennessee, W, and then a rescheduled this reschedule, yeah, rescheduled game with LSU, W. So easily should be able to win out and then face Bama in the SEC championship game. So they do have the one loss to Texas AM a few weeks ago, only lost by three at AM. So respectable loss to given out AM is very good as well. So there's that. And then um, NFL picks from today. I did get the Dolphins uh, one and a half over the Chargers. That final was 29-21, so they easily took care of business with them. And then the Browns uh, lost that game. Uh, I had the Browns to cover three and a half, and I need to go on a rant here, Colton, so hear me out. So we're, we're towards the end of the game. Uh, Browns have the ball. I believe Nick Chubb took a handoff and went like, I don't know what, 50, 40, 50, 60 yards, something like that. And he's running down the sideline, easily going to score a touchdown. There's nobody within 10 yards of him. He just decides to scurry his little feet right out the end zone, right, or not the end zone, right out the sideline there and go out of bounds, three-yard line. Now, mind you, the score, where's on our sheet here? I'm looking for the score for the game here. Oh, there we go. It was 10 to 7 as, um, as he does this, okay? So depending on where you got this game at, I got it at three and a half or four, or three and a half, four, somewhere in that. So we, he needs to score to the Browns be able to cover. Nope. He just goes out of bounds and the I, Browns take a knee games over 10 to seven Browns don't cover. If you had three and a half or four. Now this same scenario happened a few years ago with Todd Gurley and the Rams. Gur Gurley had a clear path to score. If he scored, the Rams were going to cover the game. In this case, he doesn't go out of bounds. He just kind of falls to the ground, and the Rams knee, knee out the game here. So pissed off a lot of Browns backers, including myself, for this game. So Todd or Nick Chubb and I have beef until proven otherwise here. So I was very, <laughs> very upset when this happened. Yeah, and like you mentioned, um, actually something similar happened at the, at, or a few weeks ago with Atlanta and Detroit when – um, Todd Gurley tried to fall down at the one and accidentally fell into the end zone <laughs> where he was trying to stop himself. And then it came back to Biden where Detroit um, drove down, scored and won the game. So I definitely see where they're coming from with, with go, like stopping short. But man, is it frustrating when you have that spread it is just the worst. Two Georgia running backs <laughs> our spreads for us here. So some of them bulldog backs, man. Yeah. So yeah, those are my picks for the week. So we, a lot of green on our sheet this week compared to the red that we've been seeing for a while. So we're going to look to keep that streak going this week here. So we talked about the masters a little bit. Should we kind of just get into some college football? What happened this weekend? Yeah, let's get into college football. All right. So Friday night, Iowa, Minnesota, Iowa goes up to the twin cities with the Florida Rosedale on the line and, flat out destroys Minnesota. This game wasn't even close. I never felt that Minnesota really had much of a chance in this game. Iowa wins 35 to seven. Iowa easily covers the three minus three and game goes under 58. I did think this game, I was surprised this game was as, as the line was very high scoring as it was. I felt, you know, I was going to score some points. Their, their defense is going to show up against Minnesota and 
both those things happen in that game goes under there. So you said you were in Minnesota on this weekend here. Uh, did you, were you with people watching the game at all or? Yeah. So a group of us, like we got together and we watched uh, like most of the first half and like, like you said, it felt like Minnesota was never really in it. So we turned it off and did something else, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I totally agree on that line. I thought, so I thought that over under should be, should have been like around 50. Like yeah. I, I thought 58 was way too high. Um, but yeah, they bring home the Florida Rosedale for what is it the sixth straight time? I want to say. Great. Yep. It's crazy. So you said you turned it off before. So you missed really probably the best part of the whole game in the fourth quarter. Uh, yeah, I sure caught it on Twitter. That's for sure. <laughs> so for those that missed it, um, I'll, I'll kind of recap it the best I can. You correct me if I'm wrong. So I don't know which came first. If the so we're towards the end of the game here. It's 35 nothing. Minnesota's got the ball. They've got their starters still in. They're driving down the field because they don't want to get shut out. Like nobody does. I get that. Um, so Minnesota gets down to probably what the in the red zone at least into the 20. And I don't know which came first, if they call a timeout first or if that catch that got challenged from above or something like that um, came down and they overturned that catch or whatever, that it was clearly not a catch. But one of those two came first. I think the catch came first or the, the, the call on the no catch came first. Then PJ Flett calls timeout for Minnesota to try to set something up. So like, okay, what are we doing here? Why don't we just keep it going? So then Kirk Ferentz sees he's calling timeouts. Like he's probably looking like PJ, what are you doing here? This game's wrapped up. So Kirk Ferentz, you know, being a little, maybe a little petty, throwing a little shade or something, calls three straight timeouts for his defense to, you know, just as a spite to PJ Fleck a little bit. And then after all three of these timeouts, uh, Minnesota ends up scoring. I guess whatever. No, you're big deal. You're scoring against our second and third string units. I guess. I mean, whatever. And now the announce. Uh, one of the announcers is kind of like freaking out a little bit about all this jazz and like. I was kind of curious what this handshake at the end of the game was going to look like, and it looked pretty. You know, nothing really happened. It was pretty civil or cordial, or whatever. But is that kind of the same kind of what you saw, Colton? Yeah, that's essentially what I saw on Twitter, and I wish I would have seen it live because I'm sure it was awkward to have, you know, a 35 nothing ball game with under a minute left and just the team burns three straight timeouts. Like, it's just – so, yeah, definitely a, a little bit of pettiness, I would assume. And then coming straight from this was the – in Kirk Ferentz's press conference, he was asked about this and probably gave one of the best Kirk Ferentz's – Kirk Ferentz quotes that he's ever given in his 22 seasons um, – I'm pulling up right now because I don't want to misquote him just because it's that great there. Um, give me one moment. I'm scrolling through a timeline just so I don't miss it. Uh, where is it at? Do you want? Do you remember what exactly it was, Colin? So I don't want to misquote him, dear. Do you have it right in front of you at all? Um, I can look it up really quick. That we're, this is very unprofessional of us. <laughs> I mean, I don't think we've ever. It was well. Like, you got it. Yep, I got it. So he we'll said, "Well, we figured we'd take Floyd with us and leave the timeouts here." <laughs> What's the quote? Print the shirts. I would, if that's on a T-shirt, I will definitely wear that. <laughs> I we, love it. We figured we'd take Floyd with us and leave the timeouts here. Love it. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, that was just the that was just the Iowa Minnesota game. Then we had whole whole the rest of Saturday to kind of talk about. Like we said, we COVID canceled quite a few games here, so we were kind of left without some big games, but we did get some other you know decent games in return. Um, let's see. Let's start with Notre Dame. Number two Notre Dame beat Boston College 45-31. So it's pretty back and forth game. Um, I think Boston College was wearing some special jerseys for the red bandana game. I don't really know a whole lot about this much, but anyway, Notre Dame covered the 13, covered 13 and a half there. I think a lot of people had Boston College covering that, but Notre Dame squeaks by there over game going over 51 and a half there. So I think this is, this is a two thirty game. I think if I remember right. Yeah, I think so. Yep. So I, I did have money on Boston college. Cause I thought, you know, special occasion, all that, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, the red bandana. So I do know the story behind that. Um, Go for so it. There, there was a Boston college alum. I want to say, I think he was an athlete of some sort. I don't know if it was lacrosse or soccer or whatnot, but um, so he was actually at the world trade center when nine 11 happened. And okay. he, instead of like, just kind of evacuating, he went back to like help people get out and he saved like, he saved quite a few people's lives and he ended up passing away um, there in New York. But um, he was known for like wearing a red bandana. So I think they did that to honor him. I think the pattern was red bandana or something on their uniform. So that was mm -hmm. pretty cool. Awesome. That's a great story to hear. So, yeah. So then we, we already touched on these games a little bit. Indiana beating Michigan state, Florida beating Arkansas, um, number 12, Oregon beating Washington state 43 to 29 Oregon covered the 10 and a half points. I wish I would have put the money on that game. I did feel confident with Oregon, but I just might, must not have done so. I think I'm just pull, I pull up the box score of this game. Washington State was actually leading at halftime, 19 to 14. So kind of giving Oregon a little bit of scare. But then uh, Oregon kind of took it to them in the second half, uh, scored 22 in the fourth quarter, winning that game and covering both ways. Um, like I say, this game went over 58 and a half. So good money there. Number 14, Wisconsin. Absolute, beat the absolute crap out of Michigan, 49-11. This game wasn't even close from the jump. Wisconsin coming off, not playing for a few weeks, this only being their second game. Michigan looked absolutely awful, like no life anywhere at all. Wisconsin easily covers that minus seven, like we talked about earlier. Overhitting easily at 51 and a half. Um, do you have any thoughts on this game? Uh, just that um... – you know, like you said, Michigan looks terrible. I think Wisconsin's legit. I think they could honestly give Ohio State a run for their money this year. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's crazy to see how far – I mean, every year it feels like Michigan is up there in the rankings, and every year mm -hmm. it feels like they're going to be a solid team, and it's it, it, it just not the case. This, if you, I don't know if you caught this game last year. This game, this game turned out exactly like it did last year. Wisconsin just got on them early. It wasn't even a contest at all, so – yeah, Wisconsin's literally my second favorite Big Ten team to watch. They just lately, I love watching them just line up, tighten the box like that, run it down their throat. It's it's awesome to watch for me. Yeah, and I like their new quarterback. It feels like they actually yeah. have some sort of path to that now, which is really good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, number 23, Northwestern, upsetting Purdue in uh, West Lafayette, I believe. 27-20, to 20, they won outright as an underdog. 
Game went one point under. Uh, under was at 40, close at 48, only getting 47. But looks like Northwestern is the top dog in the West right now. Yeah, like we talked about, that was one of the – that was probably the biggest game in the Big Ten to decide who that leader in the West was going to be. Um, but, but yeah, I, I didn't necessarily know what way it was going to go. But, yeah, Northwestern on the road takes down Purdue. I did – I think I did have Northwestern that three-point – I think were three-point underdogs in, going in there, but I did have them and got, got a win there. So I'm pulling up Northwestern's schedule right now because I want to see who they have uh, the rest of the way. I think they should probably have a – let me see. Do they have Wisconsin or was that one of the COVID games? Okay, so they do have Wisconsin this coming week, so easily the West will be decided this probably this coming weekend here. Um, so they have Wisconsin at home, though, home against Wisconsin, at Michigan State, that's a win, at Minnesota, maybe give them trouble, never know. And final game, home against Illinois. So I'd say easy yeah. if they win against Wisconsin, that their the path to the West goes through Evansville. Evansville or Evanston? One of the two. Yeah. Um, what did we say about Wisconsin? So they missed two games due to COVID. Um, did we, was there a regulation on how many games they could miss or – so they, so I, if I remember right, they have to play six Big Ten games to qualify for the Big Ten championship. Okay. So, so really, they they're at their uh, – they can't miss another game, essentially. Yep. Gotcha. Because Wisconsin, I mean, they've – here's Wisconsin's schedule. At Northwestern, like I just said, home against Minnesota, who – did they beat – they beat Minnesota last year, right, along with Iowa? Uh, I actually can't remember. Yeah. I don't know. I know Minnesota that long and undefeated streak at the start of the season, but I can't remember. I want to say yes, that Wisconsin did beat them too. So they got that uh, home against Indiana. So, you know, a good game there. And then finishing on the road at Iowa too. So, I mean, not, a, not an easy stretch to finish out Wisconsin's schedule. Yeah. And you're right about last year, Wisconsin beat them 38-17. Yep. Um, let me just see if there's any other games that pop out for me. Miami, Virginia Tech. Miami beat Virginia Tech 25-24. I was very back and forth a little bit. We know we talked about Virginia Tech being the favorite at home despite Miami ranking number nine. Um, so Miami won. No, it didn't look great, but they won as underdogs. Um, game going under 68 there. So I was pretty back and forth. And then this game I kind of looked at a little bit. USC, Arizona. USC was favored by 13. I didn't like that line at all. Like I wasn't, I just did not trust USC with that given they had a close game with Arizona State. And I didn't, this is Arizona's first game, so I didn't know how they were going to turn out. So I stayed away from that. But Arizona State covered the 13. This game going slightly, or yeah, just missed going under at 64 was the total and close at 67 and a half. So. Yeah, like you just mentioned, like there's so many unknowns this year with with teams like being pushed back and not playing with COVID. So that's one thing that makes betting harder this year is the unknowns. Yeah, um, and then I mean the Pac-12, no, they're showing up and playing when you know they're able to and putting up some, putting out some putting out some games for us. So there's that. And real quickly, just going to touch on this quickly. North Carolina beat Wake Forest in a very high scoring back and forth game, 59-53. I know we mentioned maybe slight uh, 
slightly taken Wake Forest, 12 and a half. They covered that one. Um, over hitting easily to over was at 70 and a half. So both those teams hit that no, no problem there. So that was quite, quite a bit for college football there. And then just some um, news and notes coming from the weekend. We did have a couple games get canceled already. One match in Miami of Ohio and Ohio University is already canceled. Uh, Arizona State and Colorado already canceled for next week. And then we had a coach firing today. Um, South Carolina coach Will Muschamp, he's gone. He's out the door. So he has his tenure at South Carolina just hasn't been very good at all. And I know there was a lot of talk like who's going to be the first coach fired. Is it going to be Muschamp? Is it going to be Harbaugh, David Shaw at Stanford? A lot of names are getting thrown around and it doesn't surprise me to see Muschamp fired because people were saying like, is, are they really going to fire a coach in the middle of a pandemic? Like, yes, the SEC just hits differently. They're going to, they don't care pandemic or not. They're playing, they're going to fire coaches. So Will Muschamp's out the door. South Carolina's already looking for a new head coach. So there's that. Yeah. And um, I just want to touch on one game really quick. It was one of the baddest beats of the weekend. I thought, um, or it was Oregon State Washington, kind of a game off. Oh me. yeah, but um, the first half. So Washington was up 24-21 at the break. So a lot of points in that first half, uh, 45, and the over/under is 52. So they needed seven points in the second half. Um, we get three points the rest of the way. <laughs> Oregon State gets shut out, and Washington puts up a fourth quarter field goal, and that's it. So um, yeah, if you had. If you had the over there, that is that is just absolutely heartbreaking. For sure, yeah. So you kind of want to lead our NFL talk now? Yeah, let's get into some, into some NFL. Um, we'll go back. We'll start with a Thursday night game um, that we talked about last episode. Uh, the Colts whooped the Titans 34-17. I think that's a score that both of us did not see coming. I think if I remember right, we both saw it as a closer game. Uh, that was a line that moved the Titans. I think were favored originally, and it moved to Colts minus one. So if you got that, well, I guess if you got any Colts line, you cover there. Mm -hmm. um, the over of forty-eight and a half hits there. Um, any thoughts on that game? No, I didn't really. Like I mentioned last time, I didn't really know which way this was going to go, so I stayed away from it. But I probably would have. I don't remember what I said, so I'm just not gonna. I yeah, I'm just not gonna say I didn't. I don't remember which way I said, so I won't. I probably. Yeah, I'll yeah. Just start talking now. Definitely, yeah. I mean, we definitely didn't see that blowout coming for sure. Um, we'll get into some Sunday games now. Uh, Redskins put up a good fight against the Lions, but they fall thirty to twenty-seven. Um, that line, uh, let's see, these lines would have been from Thursday, so they could have changed. But the the lines were minus three on Thursday. That pushes, and then the over of forty-six hits. Um, Texans Browns was a weird game on Sunday. Uh, the Browns won that 10 to seven and it, there was some weird weather going on in Cleveland. I think it was kind of heavy winds and I don't know if there was rain or not. So I think um, there was rain. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, yeah, on Thursday, that line, that over under was at 53 and a half and we put up 17 points. So that goes way under, um, and the Browns push minus three there, um, that we talked about with your. Um, bad beat earlier on the that Browns minus three and a half line uh, with Nick Chubb going out of bounds. But definitely weather is something to keep in mind when you're betting with these outdoor games. Like it, it can really impact these over under lines. 
Yeah, for sure. And going back to Lions Redskins, hey, we can't say it's our we can't it's Washington football team. We got to remember that. Oh, that's right. I didn't I didn't even think about that. <laughs> um, going back to that game quick, the Lions won on a last game-winning field goal by uh, Matt Prater there. I think it was a pretty long shot, too. So, Yeah, it was like a 59-yarder, if I remember right. He's got quite the leg on him. Yeah, and that was right after um, Alex Smith had actually drove down Washington to tie the game on a field goal. So mm-hmm. uh, some late-game action there. Um, some more of the Sunday games. The Packers edge out the Jaguars 24-20. That was, I think that was the biggest spread of the day. The Packers minus 14. The Jags cover that. Um, we hit under 53 there. Uh, the Giants, this was the this was the lone upset of the day. Uh, the Giants upset the Eagles 27-17. Uh, Giants were three and a half point dogs. And we pushed the over-under of 44. Um, the Bucks whooped Carolina. They put up 46 points with AB in action. Um, they beat Carolina 46-23. The Bucks cover five and a half. This is a game I had money on. I saw Carolina keeping it close at least. Um, I had Carolina plus six. And then the over of 50 and a half hits, Tampa Bay almost covered that themselves. Um, any thoughts on those uh, noon games? Um, I went with you. I thought Panthers would keep it close within six. And the Panthers were like Early in the game, I think they were up at one point, but then Tom Brady and the Bucks just came in, just, you know, steamrolled them the rest of the way. Uh, I think Teddy Bridgewater did get hurt in this game here too, so that probably affected towards the end there. Um, so, yeah, I would have probably – that Packers-Jaguar, I didn't watch the game because I had Masters on the TV, but I was probably surprising that it was that the Jags were, stayed with them there. Very surprising. If I had to bet there, if I was forced to bet the spread, I would have let Packers minus 14. Um, and then, yeah, that the Bucks have been such a weird team to figure out. You look at last Sunday night, I mean, they looked yeah. awful at home against New Orleans. Uh, Tom looked terrible. And then this week, they turned around, they almost put up 50 points on a Carolina team that's been really solid. So, mm-hmm. I, very confusing, but the potential is definitely there with Tampa. Um, we'll get into the Sunday um, afternoon games now. Uh, oh, one one thing real quick. Did you notice how more even the schedule was compared, like the new games versus the uh, three o'clock games? Just because like the Masters was going on pretty much the whole like morning into early afternoon, so they kind of put the lesser good games on early, and they put the better games on in the afternoon. Yeah, that was weird to see. And there's actually more three thirty those mid afternoon games than the noon games. There was six. Yeah afternoon and then five at noon so it's so weird to see and like you said i'm sure it's because of the masters going on mm-hmm. all right so these afternoon games the raiders uh took it to denver 37 to 12 um that was a game where i saw i thought that was going to be a close game i i would have leaned raiders yeah um, but i definitely saw it being closer than it was that surprised me uh, the raiders cover minus five well they probably covered about any line that you got it at uh, the under of 51 and a half hits, they hit 49 between the two teams. So pretty close to hitting that over, but not quite. Um, uh, this was probably the game of the day so far. Uh, Arizona uh, beats Buffalo late, uh, 32 to 30. So that game was, let's see, the Bills were down three, I want to say, late in the fourth quarter. 
Uh, Josh Allen throws a touchdown to Stephon Diggs with like, I don't know if there was under a minute left. I think it was under a minute left for Arizona to take, or for Buffalo to take the lead. Um, and then Arizona comes right back and Kyler Murray throws a Hail Mary to DeAndre Hopkins in triple coverage and he leaps up and snags it for Arizona to win. Um, I think there's like two seconds left after that, so it was basically over. Um, and with that, there was a game within the game like we talked about earlier. Um, I had Buffalo at plus two and a half. And so that touchdown, that Hail Mary put Arizona up to. And instead of kicking the extra point, which would have led to Arizona covering uh, min or minus two and a half, they take a knee because they don't want um, the kick to get blocked in return for two points. So, um, yeah, when they took that knee, I still got uh, the Bills still covered two and a half, which was awesome. That was one of the worst beats of the weekend. But, um, yeah, definitely a crazy game. Or best, depending on which way you had it. Because I had Bills plus three. And so either way there. Yeah, yeah, for both of us, it was awesome. I mean. And I, I also had the over in that game as well. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yep. Oh, yeah, the over hit there. Um, yeah, it was definitely – oh, you had Bills plus three, so. Yep. So they didn't cover that, is that right? Sorry, remember. No, they did. They, uh, they did. They had, they had e the, uh, either win or lose by three or less. They lost, lost, okay. lost by two. Sorry, my brain just, like, wasn't working. I know. That's sometimes it's tough to <laughs> figure out which way that's supposed to go. Yeah, sometimes those lines get confusing. But, yeah, that was definitely a roller coaster ending to that game. Um, the This was, like, one of the most interesting lines to me of the weekend. The Dolphins were favored by two and a half. Um, mm -hmm. I, I kind of thought that line would be a little bit bigger with them being at home and, um, you know, L.A. losing as much as they've had despite, you know, their games being close. And Miami's been a real solid team, but they were only favored by two and a half. Uh, one by eight, so they covered that, and the over of 48 hits there. Um, let's see, the Seahawks lost to the Rams. I think that's they've now lost four out of five or five out of six against them, something like that. Russell Wilson looked pretty pedestrian. Uh, they only put up 16 points. The Rams covered minus two, and then that over-under line was set at 56. We go way under there. Any thoughts on that game? Yeah, I know we were both on the Seahawks like two and a half last time, but now I got to like thinking and looking at some stuff. I remember the Rams have given the Seahawks fits over the last you know few years, like we said, uh, ever since uh, the Rams coach Sean McVay, ever since he got there, like he's figured out Seattle. He has, so I can see why they were favored. Um, you know, it makes more sense now that they've, he's had the Pete Carroll's number a little bit the last few years and, so, was this the first game they played this year or the second game? Uh, I think it's the first time they met. I'm not for sure. But okay, I, I think so. it's the first time they played this year. So, it was at Lo at the Rams. So, it'll be, you know, when they play at Seattle in a few weeks here, we'll have to see which way that if that game goes favoring. Uh, is that going to favor the Seahawks then, or is that going to still favor the Rams, I wonder? Yeah, that'll be one to follow. And like like you said, it's so weird that the Rams have had their number because Seattle's always been a solid team. It's mm -hmm. been weird to see them dominate that as of recently. A um, couple other games. The Saints uh, beat the 49ers 27-13. Um, this is a game that was close at the beginning. I, the Niners led early. but The Saints come back and cover minus nine and the under of 49 and a half hits. 
Um, the Steelers cover seven and a half against the Bengals. Uh, they whooped Cincinnati. That was that was one of my five picks of the week. I really thought Cincinnati would keep it close and maybe even upset um, the Steelers, but that wasn't the case. Um, Pittsburgh showed why they're an undefeated team. Uh, they really took they really took it to Cincinnati. That total control of that game, and then we pushed the over under a forty six there. So depending on where you got that line, that was really close. Um, yes, that's it for the games, uh, the noon and afternoon games. And then right now, as we record, the Ravens and Patriots are going on. And I think that game was 13 to 10 New England at halftime. Um, any other thoughts from those Sunday games? No, I think we covered pretty much everything. Uh, I didn't catch any of the – I caught part of the Seahawks Rams. Uh, I didn't see any of the 49ers Saints. Kind of disappointed. I thought the Bengals would stay with them just because they had a good record against the spread. But, you know, Steelers are 9-0 for a reason. So, keep on going. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, do you oh, – I guess just a few notes here from these Sunday games. Um, so, before the Sunday night game, um, the overs uh, split even this week. We were 5-5-2. and two, And, of course, that depends on what lines you got them at. But 5-5-2 five, five, and two based on our lines. Favorite straight up were 11 and one with the lone loss being the Giants. Um, yeah, the Giants knocked off the Eagles. And then the favorites against the spread were eight, two and two with uh, the Giants and Jags uh, both covering the spreads as underdogs. So a pretty good weekend for favorites against the spread and straight up if you were betting that. So um, uh, you want to get into our best five now? Let's do it. All right. You want to kick us off? All right. So. I told you a little bit before uh, I am. So obviously Monday night football, we got Vikings bears. Uh, I told you I'm gonna have a little, uh, little monologue about them. So here I go. Um, so Monday night football. So Colton, who's the quarterback for the Vikings? Kirk cousins. Do you know what Kirk cousins record is on Monday night football in his career? <laughs> uh, if I, if I remember my tweets, right, he's pretty bad on Monday night. Pretty bad as in 0 and 9 on Monday Night Football. <laughs> wow. He's been in the league, what, probably eight, nine years, something like that, somewhere in that range. Been with Washington, with Minnesota. He has yet to have a one win on Monday Night Football, and it's not happening this week. He's going 0 and 10. So my three picks, I'm a, right in a row Bears plus three, Bears money line. Bears Vikings under 43 and a half. Now on the Bears side here, a lot of people throw out a must win game or a can't lose game. Um, both those things mean the same similar things, but they're a little bit different too. So for the Bears, this is a must win game. Okay. We need to go out. We need to take control of this game early. We need to just keep, keep pounding. We cannot let the Vikings come back and keep this game close. Um, I was pulling up some numbers here, and there did it go. Here we go. So I was looking at what their records are as like – so this game started as the Bears were a two-point favorite when this line opened, and um, it has gone to Bears plus three, so a five-point swing within, you know, a week or so. As yeah, the, that's a crazy swing. The Vikings have not been a road favorite at all this season yet. This is the first time they're – now a road favorite. The Bears, on the other hand, as a home underdog, are currently two and one against the spread, winning uh, obviously winning two of those games outright. So, for, and this over/under as a home 
underdog. The Bears are one and two with, or excuse me, two and one going towards the under. So that's why I'm leaning towards them. And then the Bears money line, like I said, the Bears Vikings, the last five games, the Bear, the Vikings haven't beaten the Bears since 2017. The, fi- the last two years, the scores have been 25-20, 24-10, 16-6, and 21-19. So Bears have obviously had the Vikings number the last two years. I don't see that changing anytime soon. So those three picks are all my Monday night picks there. Bears money line, plus three, and the under. I completely forgot about that Kirk Cousins fact that he's so bad or he hasn't won on Monday night. So, um, yeah, that's interesting you brought that up. Um, I got some Monday night picks, too. I'm actually – I am riding the Vikings, so we're going to clash here a little bit. But I am going with the Vikings minus three. I'm going to go with um, – I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with the under. Um, I see it at 43 and a half right now. I always, like, buy the half point. I don't know. That's just a me thing. Just as a little insurance. So I, I buy it up to 44. Um, so under 44. And I'm also going to take the Vikings team over of 23 points. So I see them scoring at least 23. But um, yeah, that'll definitely, that's it. I don't know. I'm torn on the game, but that those are my picks. Um, Dalvin Cook's been red hot, and that's the reason I'm riding Minnesota. Chicago stumbled recently. I, the Chicago lost their last, is it three now? I yeah. Say. Yeah. Like you said, I, this is, you know, this is a game they really need to stay in the thick of that playoff hunt. Yep, and we love when we see the, like, playoff graphic when it says in the hunt, the Bears are right there under the in the hunt, on, in the hunt side there. And the reason why I say it's a must win here because after this game here, we have our bye week here going into week whatever we're in, 12, whatever. Um so we get we have so like I said we have Vikings tomorrow bye week and then Sunday the 29th we have have to go to Green Bay so that's gonna be a tough one there we got the big bad boogeyman Aaron Rodgers to battle again then we finish our season with home against the Lions home against the Texans at the Vikings home against the Jaguars and then finish off with home against the Packers so that's why you know for the playoff hunt even though we, there's that extra playoff spot we have to win this game to make sure we have our make sure we can stay in the hunt there yeah I totally agree um yeah I mean losing three straight definitely need a win soon to get you um to stay in that hunt all right so then I got two more picks I'll we'll round this out because we're getting kind of long here um two maxion picks we already had one game lost we need to pray we don't lose any more I am taking the Central Michigan, Western Michigan over 61 and a half points. Both these teams are 2-0 on the season. Um, I know they've scored, both teams have scored quite a bit in both of their games. Um, Western Michigan, both their games have gone over thus far this season by an average of about 19 points. Central Michigan, both they are 1-1, one, one, one game over, one game under, but I think they'll be able to put up a lot of points along with Western Michigan. So 61 and a half, the over. Nice. I like that pick. And like we talked about, these matching lines get wild with, you know, we saw a 30-point spread this week. Uh, over under a 60 is pretty big. So those are always interesting to see. 
Um, I'm actually I'm gonna hold off on my maxion picks. I'll I'll make two during the week and then we'll have them posted on the Instagram and maybe Twitter. But I'm gonna hold off from for now. Do a little research. Yep. Check out these uh, some of these lines and and get those on the social media. For sure. Yep. Follow us on our social medias there. I got one more. Uh, Toledo minus seven against Eastern Michigan. Did I have that right? Yeah. Toledo minus seven. Um, I just don't think Eastern Michigan's a very good team. Even though uh, Eastern Michigan's 0-2, their record, they are 2-0 against the spread, so that's kind of going against me. But I think Toledo should be able to handle them well. So Toledo minus seven is my fifth and final pick. So like we said, Colton will get his picks out. We'll get that social media graphic made. Um, please follow us on social media. We, we like try to promote our picks each 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 day for each game day. And I think we're doing, we've done pretty well this weekend and we're going to kind of continue that train there. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we keep up the success. Uh, definitely. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll catch you next time.